element of surprise. My name is Chadwick J. Suet. I'm your host on this little shindig we like to take together every once in a while. And uh, wow, we've got some, uh, I've got some stuff for us today. So uh, without further ado, check us out on Facebook, www.facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. That is our Facebook page. From there, you can uh, see all the links to the episodes. Check out the uh, EOS Army group page. Join the EOS Army. Leave us a review. And I do post all the links there. Um, if you want to check us out on our hosting site, that is eosmentallyirregular.podbean.com. And we are also available on uh, Stitcher and CastBox as well. So, you know, feel free to listen to us on all of those platforms. Um, okay. Without further ado, let's, let's see what we've got today. Um, I've been thinking a lot because literally there's nothing fucking else to do currently about, um, just, you know, Superman's dick. I was put it out there. I've been thinking about Superman's dick. And the reason I've been thinking about this is I was scrolling through the internet and, uh, there was a comic released recently or a little while back where, where they showed that they showed Batman's dick in it. Um, it, I mean, it's heavily shadowed, but they, they show Bruce Wayne's dick and it's, it's, 
circumcised, basically. And that got me thinking. I'm like, I wonder if Superman is circumcised. I, I, I really, really wonder that. I've never seen Superman's dick. And so I started researching Superman's dick. And first off, let me tell you that that takes you into a rabbit hole that I highly recommend you avoid unless you want to explain to uh, your family and loved ones why your internet search history is a bunch of red and blue dicks. Um, that being said, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to get a little dirty to get the answers you want. Um, so, But I wasn't able to find an answer. I, it, it, there's nothing out there in the world that says tells you whether or not Superman is circumcised or not. So I had to think on it for myself. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd say it's unlikely due to his Kryptonian phys- physiology. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know what uh, things are like on Krypton or were like on Krypton. I don't know if, um, you know, Jarrell decided that uh, whenever his son Cal L was born that, uh, you know, they'd give him a little snip before they sent him off in a rocket ship towards Earth. Um, I, I, I don't know that I, I, that may just be an earth thing. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, I, I like to imagine back to the seventies, uh, Superman movie with Marlon Brando playing Jarrell and having him discuss that, uh, you know, before they send, send <laughs> baby Christopher Reeve off to fucking earth <laughs> to the Kent farm. Just, you know, he's loading up all the crystals and he's trying to warn people about fucking uh, Krypton exploding and he's putting General Zod and uh, Non and Ursa into the Phantom Zone. And then, you know, just on the on the, you know, just on the side, him and his wife are having a discussion about, you know, snipping, snipping uh, little cows, little cows dingus. Now, I know in the movie there is full frontal childhood nudity, which is odd and kind of uncomfortable, um, you know, when you think about it as an adult, because whenever, uh, you know, Kella lands on the Kent farm, the, you know, Jonathan's trying to change the truck tire and it almost falls on him and he catches it. And, you know, you see the kid stand up and he's wearing the, the thing around his waist. But before that, he just climbs out of the pod and he's stark ass fucking nude. And from that scene, he's circumcised, but that's a movie. You know, I mean, that kid was probably circumcised before they cast him. And yes, I, I'm, I'm going to fully admit that was an uncomfortable find. Um, discovering that and remembering that made me kind of feel gross inside. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's normal. That's normal to feel gross about things like that. It should be anyway, but I, you know, I digress. Um, my point being here is that I don't know if Superman himself, if the character is circumcised, um, I would, again, say it's unlikely because um, I don't believe that on Krypton they perform circumcisions. And uh, his physiology just makes him more dense than human human beings. And so as he got closer to the yellow sun of Earth that empowers him, it's very likely that um, you know his body became more durable and he was unable to be injured, and therefore, you know, you can't just snip that. He's fucking bulletproof. Bullets bounce off him like fucking nothing. You know, like beads of water, basically. So, I mean, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to pull that off? I mean, you'd 
you could take a fucking lawnmower and jam it on his dick, and all you're going to do is ru- is ruin your lawnmower blades. You know, that's not it's not going to do anything to Superman. Um, I don't know why you'd be attempting to give anyone a circumcision with a lawnmower, but you know, it, it, I'm talking about Superman here, so you bear with me. Um, but yeah, you know, the 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 rays of, and the uh, radiation of a yellow sun empowers. Uh, Clark to, you know, it gives him his powers. It makes him invulnerable, gives him the ability to, uh, to fire its gravity. And so, you know, so on and so forth. So, but he's invulnerable, you know? So, I mean, you, you think about like that and you would need like, you know, you'd probably, you'd probably need to weaken him with kryptonite to even be able to cut him. So, I mean, a kryptonite scalpel, I guess could do it, but I, I, you know, who'd want to go through that? It makes him sick. He gets, you know, he's on, it's possible to kill him with the radiation on it. So, I mean, that's, you'd, he'd really, really want to be fucking circumcised. Like he would have had to grow up on earth and learn about circumcision and be like, yes, that no matter what, that's, that's what's happening to me. That's what I'm doing to, to want to go through that. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, you think about it and then the answer is probably no, I'm, I'm guessing he's still got his foreskin on there and, um, you know, if if his basic makeup makes him identical to humans in every way except for the Kryptonian physiology, um, then yeah, he's he's got a big old foreskin dick. You know, it's just flapping over there, and you know, it looks like just hanging there. I did see an interesting comic where uh, he's about to have sex with Lois. And it had pincers for some reason. They don't show it, but she starts freaking out about it having pincers. And he's he's confused. He's she's like, "What the hell is that?" And he's like, "It's my penis." And she's like, "Wait, why? It's got pincers. Why the fuck does it have pincers?" And he's like, "To grab onto you. That's not normal." And you know, it was hilarious. Um, but uh, you know, ultimately, I don't believe circ- circumcision was a uh, thing that was performed on Superman. Unless it was done on Krypton because they had similar practices to what we have on Earth. I've got me thinking about some other superheroes, like the Incredible Hulk. He's probably circumcised because Bruce Banner was probably circumcised. Um, I'd hate to think that when he turns back into the Hulk, his giant green Hulk dick just regrows its foreskin every time. Um, That would be odd and kind of kind of gross um the thing from the fantastic four you know whenever like ben Grimm was probably circumcised but uh you know i don't think that his dick even resembles a penis whenever he turns into you know whenever he was turned into the thing and became rock form um (laughs) because it's just a rock it's just a rocks i mean unless unless stanley decided that he's got a little ring of fucking pebbles around the head of it to fucking um make it look circumcised or you know maybe it's like some smooth fucking like you know some smooth fucking stones that you'd find in the riverbank or something like that but i i i doubt it i doubt it the guy has, loses a fucking finger on his hand and his fucking ears whenever he became the thing. He doesn't even have fucking ear holes. I highly doubt that he's got a circumcised rock dick. Um, Wolverine, I'd say probably is 50-50. Uh, the reason for this is instant healing. I don't know how long, if he had that from birth. Um, but if he did, 
you know, that wouldn't work. That should have been a clear-cut sign from the very beginning. But then again, he was also born in like the 1800s, and I don't know when circumcisions became like all the rage. You know, I didn't look that deeply into circumcisions, to be honest. Um, you know, I just kind of started thinking on, on it about Superman and went off on a rant. Um, but yeah, Superman, I'd say 99%. I'm 99% sure that he's not circumcised just because it would be impossible to do it. You know, even if he wanted it now, like I said, you'd need a, crypt- a kryptonite scalpel. And, you know, that alone brings an entire fucking, you know, laundry list of garbage that um, you know, he probably isn't going to want to deal with just to uh, just just to have an aesthetically more pleasurable looking dick. Um, you know, that being said, I, I don't know. I don't know if he can do it himself because he is Kryptonian. Like maybe he can just heat vision that shit off. Um, you know, and then he has a, like a crispy looking dick. It looks like fucking it, uh, it didn't have the high ground on Mustafar. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I don't know. looks like a deep fried hot dog, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I don't know this for sure. I mean, he's got a shave, right? Um, so I, I, I read somewhere that the way Superman shaves is that he reflects his heat vision off of a mirror at a low intensity and then, um, you know, reflects it back onto his face and it just burns the, you know, burns the hair off his face. So he gets a clean shave. I don't know if he does that to his bush as well, because, it, you know, if, if he can do that, he might be able to hurt himself. Um, that being said, I would. I, I think heat visioning my bush would probably be the best way to get it. It's probably probably uh, tantamount to uh, you know getting that laser hair removal that everybody likes to do these days. You know, just have have you know get that la- get that shit lasered. Have a whole fucking turtle shell just going on down there. Mm. But um, you know, I don't know. I don't know for certain. These are just the things I think of. So you know, I you know I, I I've got some other people's opinions to weigh in on. I was talking with Ash about it. Um, she doesn't believe Superman is circumcised either. Uh, she, she is of the impression that, uh, you know, his, his dick just looks like an uncircumcised human dick. Now we were also of the impression that it's not really that large, you know, Superman probably isn't packing too much because if you look at the comic books, you know, they don't really emphasize the bulge down there. And you look at the uh, some of the costumes Superman has worn over the years, and they don't emphasize the bulge there. Now, Christopher Reeves, they emphasize that bulge. Christopher Reeves was probably packing. You know, maybe he truly was Superman. But, um, you know, I don't know for a fact that Superman is uh, packing. They don't emphasize his bulge a lot. Um, I've seen multiple comics where it's almost non-existent. So, um you know, I, I, maybe, maybe he's just got a, maybe he's got like a tiny dinky dick. I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, you know, man to steal my ass, I guess, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Superman's dick. Uh, probably not circumcised, highly likely he's uncircumcised. So, um, you know, and again, what got me thinking about this was the clerk's conversation about whether or not Superman could have sex. I think that was clerk's. It might have been Mallrats. I don't know. It was definitely a Kevin Smith conversation, but um, you know about whether or not Superman could have sex with a with Lois because you know it's he has to always control his strength and you know 
whenever you start pounding away on somebody, you, you know, you can be gentle, but your, your orgasm itself is uncontrollable. That's a reflex. And, you know, they, the conversation and argument is that his, you know, his natural reflex orgasm would fire off like a shotgun shell and just kind of blow her insides out, out her backside, you know, leaving a large bloodstained hole and a corpse in the bed, um, you know, which a panicked Superman would then have to clean up, you know, or maybe he wouldn't be so panicked. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he just does this often with like, you know, ladies of the night. And, uh, you know, maybe Superman has got a secret, uh, you know, secret stash of his Fortress of Solitude of dead hooker bodies. And that's why it's the Fortress of Solitude. And he doesn't very let that many people in there. Um, you know, maybe he goes there to hide bodies in the ice and reflect on his, his unfortunate, his unfortunate sexual, sexual prowess where he inadvertently regardless of how hard he tries inadvertently just blows women to smithereens every time he busts a nut so um you know it's i I can imagine the first time he lost his virginity and just kind of let go he probably pounded that poor woman into a jelly (laughs) everything everything from her sternum to her knees was probably just liquid mush (laughs) And if it was doggy sow, oh my God, you know, just one thrust and she just goes shooting through the wall, you know, shooting into the wall in front of him and she's just dead. You know, she's just like, like, you know how, um, people look whenever the body gets dropped off a building. It was just that it was just that, but forward done forward. Um, you know, God forbid, God forbid. Uh, so yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. Superman having sex is a is a topic that I could probably go on about for 25 minutes, and um, you know, but l- like like I said, I, I highly highly doubt he's circumcised. Um, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion he's not, but I want to know your opinion. I want to know what you what you guys all think. So you know, I uh, in the EOS group I posted a picture of a little Superman themed thermos I found at the Goodwill store. And I asked the question, what is inside this? Is it Superman's foreskin? Well, I said that you'd have to wait to the episode to find out my opinion on it. But, um, you know, I want to know yours. Do you think Superman's circumcised? If so, why? Um, What do you think Superman having sex would be like? Do you think he can control that shit? Uh, ladies, do you think, are you worried? Would you have sex with Superman? Because are you worried that maybe you'd be, uh, riding him, uh, cowgirl style and he'd blow your head through the ceiling like, <laughs> like a rocket and <laughs> would just blow off like in scanners. Um, or do you think that maybe it would just be the best sex of your life because he is fucking Superman? You know I mean? That, that being said, the, uh, you know, superhero nicknames would be great to have in the fucking bedroom. And this, this is for the guys out there, you know, like super superhero nicknames, you know, like, who are you in the bedroom? Oh, you're the man of steel. Yeah. Yeah. The man of steel. Ooh, you're, you're, you're the dark knight. Ooh, the dark knight sounds, uh, sounds interracial. I like it. Mm. Uh, sounds spicy. Ooh. Okay. Uh, you're, you're the flash. You're the fastest man alive. Mm, Maybe not, not that one. No, I don't think I'd like that one. The fastest man alive. Mm-mm. I mean, it's that's like being the Flash has got to suck 
in bed, you know? Because, I mean, sure, you're the fastest man alive, but at the same time, like, you know, you think about that stuff, you start getting worked up, and then does your super speed take over? Or, like, do you barely get it in there, and then it's just like, or maybe she, like, touches, like, you know, grips onto Barry's butt? Does Iris West grip onto Barry's butt when they're trying to hump? He puts it in, and she just feels like a slight vibration, which for him was just like... 146 pumps. He might be, you know, Barry himself before the super speed might have been great in bed. He might have been one of those like, you know, hour long all nighter guys, but the super speed takes over. He's just a slight, all they feel is a slight vibration. He's just like, ah, and he's just, you know, he's just like, ah, cinnamon buns, you know, he's, or something like that. You know, I, I don't know why I imagine the flash yells cinnamon buns when he ejaculates. That's that's what the flash yells whenever he ejaculates. It's like oh cinnamon buns, um, you know that's that's a funny funny thing. I I I often wonder what what superheroes yell when they ejaculate. Uh, Batman, I, I I just imagine Batman goes straight to the Christian Bale, Bale voice and everything. He's like, swear to me. Every time Batman comes, he's just, swear to me. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, Barry yells cinnamon buns. Batman yells, swear to me, in the Christian Bale Batman voice. Where is he? Swear to me. I wish, I wish all of you could see the imagery inside my head. It's just Bruce Wayne, nude, just wearing the cowl, just wearing the Batman cowl, and he's just, he's banging away at somebody, and they're just like, you know, she's just like, oh yeah, Batman, give it to me. It's In my head, it's Catwoman, and she's just like, perfect, like like Eartha Kitt. She's just like, oh yeah, perfect, and he's just like, swear to me! Oh god damn. Uh and then and then poor Barry. Poor Barry Allen is just like, "Are you ready for this, Iris?" She's like, "I'm ready, Barry." And he's just like, "Okay." She's like, "Go ahead, put it in." He's like, "Cinnamon buns." And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "I'm done. I'm done." And she's like, "Oh my god. I I I I yeah, from now on it's going to be Barry Allen yells cinnamon buns." Whenever uh, he gets off, he's the fastest man alive, the most unfortunate nickname to be named in bed. And he just yells cinnamon buns whenever he ejaculates. He's uh, cinnamon buns. Actually, that sounds kind of defeated. Just, I, you know, I, I think he would say it like in a defeated kind of way, like uh, cinnamon buns. You know, um, I imagine that Hawkman would probably be the uh, the weirdest to have sex with. Because, you know, we, we know Hawkman is, you know, he's got wings. He's got giant bird wings. But what else do we know about his physiology? Is the rest of him human? And can we guarantee that? Like, what if he's got like a crazy corkscrewed bird dick? Because birds, most birds' dicks are like weird as shit looking. They're like all twisted and corkscrewed. They look like the best way I can describe it is, you know, whenever you have a nightmare and you wake up and your sheets 
are all twisted around like in a knot and they're all like going in different ways and they got that like twisty corkscrew look that that's what a bird dick looks like so i i i imagine that you know unless somebody can tell me for certain otherwise and mcsauce i'm looking to you guys on this one because you know you're the you're the you're the comic book podcast you you would know better than i and i'm just honestly i'm just not going to research it but um you know, I want to know what uh, if 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 Hawkman has a crazy corkscrew bird, crazy bird dick, that's all corkscrewed and stuff. Um, you know, just it's, it's for it's for um, educational purposes, and uh, <laughs> um, you know, I I a Martian Manhunter. Just nope, nope. I don't care that he can transform into a human like uh, disguise. Not not doing it because uh, you know. We know nothing about Martian physiology other than that he's green. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't even want to imagine what his dick looks like. It, it, it could look like a regular dick, just green. It could end up fucking looking like, um, like one of the face huggers from fucking, um, alien or, or even worse. What if his, what if it just looks like a Ken doll and then it opens up like a vagina and his dick just shoots in and out like the fucking mouth of an alien. Like, you know, like their little mouth that's inside. I, I don't know. Nobody knows. So we're going to um, we're going to avoid the Martian Manhunter altogether. Um, but yeah, on the long on, on the on the long, uh, long and short of it, uh, Superman probably uncircumcised and Batman yells, swear to me every time he ejaculates. <laughs> oh, that's still funny. That's going to be funny forever. Um, okay. So, uh, speaking of uh, fucked up sex things, I'm in bed with Ash the other night. And no, we weren't doing anything. Uh, but we're just laying there. We're getting ready for bed. And, you know, I'm like snuggled up against her. And we're talking. And we have our older cat laying in between us. You know, it's like in between her back and my chest. And she uh, rolls over to finish her cigarette and then she rolls back over like towards back towards into the bed towards me and she realizes the cat is on her back and she's like what the fuck is that a tumor i'm like no it's the cat and we start laughing about it and everything like that and i'm like why would you think that there's like a like a 20 pound fucking tumor on your back not to say the cat's 20 pounds it just looks like it is um but you know why would you think there's like a 20 pound fucking tumor on your back, and she's like, I don't know, it's maybe just growing on me, I'm like, what, like fucking Quato, and I bring up Quato from fucking the movie Total Recall, now, if you don't know who Quato is, I suggest watching Total Recall, but I'll explain it uh, pretty quickly, so in the, in the movie Total Recall, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a guy who uh, goes to this place called Recall to get these uh, fake memories put into his head of a trip to Mars, and uh, it triggers this whole thing where he may actually have already been there. He may be a secret agent, uh, you know, named named Douglas Quaid. And, um, you know, so it's a, you know, it, it leads him to actually go to Mars. And there's this resistance fighting against this evil, tyrannical corporation. And, you know, they're led by this mysterious, um, mysterious mutant named Quato. So he meets this guy and... You know, he's like, so you're Quado. And the guy's like, no, you're going to meet Quado very soon. And the guy takes him into a room and it's just the two of them alone. 
and the guy just starts taking off his shirt. It's it's very bizarre scene. The guy starts just taking off his shirt. I mean, there's a lot of shit in Total Recall that's just very bizarre. But this guy just starts taking off his shirt. And <clears throat> when he does that, uh, his he exposes his hairy, bare chest. And his chest starts, and bellies just start, like, morphing around. And out pops this thing that's, like, kind of, like, it kind of looks like a mixture between, like, a human baby and the killer doll Chucky. If they were both growing out of your chest and stomach. And it, it, it talks like this and goes, Quaid, Quaid. It's, and it's, it's Quado. Um, so that's what Quado is. So, you know, again, going back to it, I ask her, I, you know, I brought up the fact that I'm like 20 pound cat on your back. She goes like a tumor. I'm like, I said like, what, like fucking Quado. And we bust out laughing. And she says to me, she goes, you wish it was Quado. And I said, why do I wish it was Quado? Why in the fuck do I wish that you have a Quado growing out of your back? And she said, because you'd wait for me to fall asleep and you'd try to stick your dick in its mouth. And then she busts out laughing. I sit there for a minute in silence. And I, I go, okay, so let me see if I got this straight. According to you, I'm like, in your own words, Ash, you believe that I would want you to have a fully formed mutant quado baby thing growing out of your backside. So that way, when you sleep, I can stick my dick in its creepy ass mouth. She busts out laughing. She's like, yep, that's you. That's, that's Chad Suet. That's a dad thing. That's, that's because, you know, we just call each other. Our nicknames are just dad and mom because of our kid. But she's like, that's dad. That's what he wants. That's you. Just stick your dick in a quadro mouth. Um, so, you know, this leads us to actually getting into the discussion. And it starts out comical and we're laughing and I'm just, you know, we're both elaborating on the details of, you know, me, um, mouth fucking her quado back while she's sleeping. And, um, you know, this, you know how sometimes whenever you're having a very fictitious conversation, you bring up something that's very, very clearly fictitious and it's not grounded in reality at all, but because you start talking about it so intently, the conversation kind of gets away from you. It takes on a life of its own and you start talking about it in a very serious manner. That's what we did with this. We got into like the semantics of why I would want to fuck a quado mouth, how I wouldn't, you know, from her end, it was all like the details. It, it wasn't an argument, but it was getting hilariously heated to a point where it was like, she's like, you would totally fuck my quado back. I'm like, I'm not going to fuck your quado back. Nobody would fuck your, anybody's quado back. Nobody fucks a quado. She's like, you fuck quado backs all the time. I'm like, there are no quado backs. And we're starting to get like real serious about it. And she's cracking up and I'm just, you know, I'm taking it for some reason. I don't know why I'm taking the conversation seriously, um, which is a beautiful thing in, in retrospect, you know, that, that we're comfortable enough with each other that, the most ridiculous of conversations and insane of conversations can be had between us in a serious, uh, debated format and, you know, not affect our relationship. But so anyway, we're, she's going on about how I would stick my dick into the mouth of her quado back while it's 
while she was sleeping, uh, which I wouldn't for the record. And, um, you know, she keeps saying that I would. And like I said, suddenly this becomes a serious conversation. Um, you know, you, like I said, you try to bring logic into it and, you know, ground it in reality, even though it's a wildly insane and wildly fictitious thing. Um, so, you know, she adds in after the fact, after we've had this debate for probably half an hour, um, that she wishes she'd wait for me to fuck her quado back. And once I get off and I become tired and fall asleep, she wishes one of her pinky fingers were a human dick. Were male genitalia, were, were, a, were a penis. And that way she would turn over and she'd rub it on my lips like chapstick because according to her, and I'm quoting directly, I'd love that. No, I wouldn't. So the, you know, the topic becomes serious again. We get back into the heated discussion about quado and pinky dicks going in my mouth and, um, you know, her having a quado on her back that I would, uh, try to 69 with while she's sleeping or some shit. And I'd stick my dick in its mouth because according to her, that's the kind of guy I am. That's the pervert I am. I'm just, I'm just some fucking guy that goes around. Oh, what's up, baby? I noticed that you have a quado back. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm really self-conscious about it. Don't be. That shit's hot. Let me stick my dick in it. Swear to me. Uh, I think I'm just going to title this, uh, this, uh, this episode, swear to me. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um, no, 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 no. In no way, shape or form do I want to fuck anybody's quado back. Uh, nor should anybody have a quado back to begin with. I mean, again, go watch Total Recall. Look at quado. He get the, he's got like a few strands of like wiry hair that looks like he's fucking got hair plugs. You know, it's, he's just a disturbing looking creature altogether. So, you know, using that fucking imagery, imagine ladies, imagine you have one of those growing off of your back, growing out of your back. And I guess like Quado himself, it's sentient and, you know, starts like, you know, fiddling with your dick in the middle of the night, gentlemen and, uh, your, or your man's dick. And then he decides to stick it in the quad mouth. Does, is that cheating? I don't think that's cheating because it's still on you, but yet it's a separate entity. So, I mean, maybe it is, maybe it's just a fucked up threesome. Um, either way, it's not for me, regardless of what my, uh, significant other says or tells you. Um, because if you ask her, she will tell you, she will tell you, I know her well enough to know that she will say that, oh yeah, no, Chad. Yeah. He will fuck your quado back. He will stick his dick right in your quado back. And um, there it is. Yeah. As uh, Jeff Goldblum said in Jurassic Park. Well, there it is. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, I fall asleep and she would then finger my mouth with her dick pinky, which uh, and rub it on my lips like chapstick, because that's according to her again and only her. That's what I'd like. That's the kind of shit I'm into, which I'm not. Um, yeah, so, you know, that was a real conversation we had. It was a real conversation about quad backs and, uh, that's the kind of sick shit th- she thinks I'm into. I, it was hysterical. It was as, as hysterical as it is fucked up. You know, the thing is too, is that if she did have a quad back, 
Like I, I care about her enough. I love her enough that I'd still be with her, but I, I wouldn't want to engage the quarterback back at all. I, I would have to pretend that it didn't exist. Um, you know, which I, I guess that might hurt, hurt her feelings. That could hurt someone's feelings. Ladies weigh in on this for all my female listener out there. Um, <laughs> Weigh in on this one. If you had a, a, a quado growing out of your back and your dude just pretended it wasn't there, he's like, no, yeah. And she's like, hey, uh, my quado back is uh, talking at you. And he's like, hmm, mm, yeah, no, no, the sky is beautiful today. And you just like blew it off. Would that, would that hurt your feelings or would that just make you feel like, yeah, he's definitely into me and not into quado? Which, which way would you lean on that one? Um, you know, so that's a, I think that's a good question. Or would, or would you rather he be into your quarterback? You know, I think it depends on the individual. Maybe maybe somebody out there would be like, yeah, I like when he fucks my quarterback in the mouth. I like when it yells, Quaid, Quaid, and he just jams his, <laughs> jams his dick in its mouth. It's like, wait a second, Quaid, Quaid, <laughs> and it starts to panic because it's not into it, but... I, the person it's growing on, it am. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a fucked up thing. But, uh, hey, this is the element of surprise. You didn't come here for normalcy. You, you're not listening to this podcast because you want to hear down-to-earth fucking normal conversation. Um, you're here for the mentally irregular. And believe me, this is the mentally irregular podcast. The element of surprise. Um, and gents, gentlemen... I want to know what you would think as well. If your woman had a quado back, would that would that get you going it somewhere? Again, I, I think it's kind of based on the individual, but I, I want to know. Go to the Facebook page. Go to the EOS Army group page. Um, and, you know, let me know your feelings. I'm, I'm going to be checking, so I do want to know your feelings. Go uh, check out the page and just let me know your feelings on quado backs on women and if that's something that you'd be into, you know. Maybe, maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's not. So, you know, t- give me your opinion on that. Give me your opinion on uh, Superman's circumcision. And if Batman yells, swear to me whenever he ejaculates, which, come on, he does. Um, all right, moving on. Um, I-, I started imagining the other day. Um, okay, so, so going back into it, uh, how can I, l- l- let me, let me start here. So, Again, I, I've made no, I've made no small point about my dislike for the movie Joker. I'm not, I'm not saying it was a bad movie. You know, I let me, let me just put it to you this way: I, I'm, I'm not saying it was a bad movie because the performances were, again, off the charts. They were fantastic. I, I just don't believe Todd Phillips is as good of a filmmaker as people think he is. And if you have ever seen, again, if you've ever seen the De Niro films, Taxi Driver or The King of Comedy, you mash those two together and throw in some Batman characters. And that's, that's Joker. That's all it is. You know, so I, I, that was just, I was just disappointed on that level because to be, be perfectly honest, uh, I think anybody that knows me knows my love of the character, the Joker. And, um, you know, so I, I, I really kind of, I think maybe I got my expect in my expectations 
too high and was just disappointed. But, uh, you know, that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is I was thinking about, you know, Arthur Fleck in the movie. He's, he's got a day job as a clown at the beginning of the movie, you know? And <clears throat> so I started imagining, I wonder what it would be like to have sex with a clown and why anybody in their right mind would want this. So here's what I'm going to put out there. Gentlemen, it, for you, it's a lady clown. Um, and no, I'm not talking like Harley Quinn. I'm talking more like, uh, for those of you around the Pennsylvania, Murraysville, Delmont area, something more like Glitter Dot or just like, you know, like a, a, a female clown, like an actual clown. Uh, ladies, it's, it's a male clown, obviously, but it's an actual fucking clown. Um, you know, more like Bozo or, uh, you know, Pennywise if he wasn't actually a psychotic alien devourer of worlds or whatever he is, but not like, you know, uh, just like the Joker and Harley Quinn, not, not like them at all. Just actual fucking clowns. Like the kind you'd see at the circus, you know? Okay. If I made my point good. Um, so that being said, uh, you know, imagine that now again, I, I don't know why anybody would want this, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's out there. I, you know, whenever I did my uh, kinks and fetishes episode, I didn't look that deeply into that, uh, because I just, I don't care for clowns, but uh, I'm sure it exists. Why anybody would want it again. I, I don't know, but, um, you know, that, that, that raises some questions for, for me first, when, when a clown disrobes and is ready to get it on, are, are they painted over, all over their body? You know, like the way they paint their faces. Do they paint their, uh, you know, does a female clown paint their, paint their tits? Does a male clown, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, have, have paint on his dick? Um, or does he dress it up like a jack-in-the-box? You know, maybe, uh, maybe he actually has a dick in a box, like, uh, you know, they say. But instead, it's like, got, got like the crank on the side, and you got a dun da dun da 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 dun da dun da dun da 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 and it pops up. And maybe that's the only way a clown can get an erection. Maybe they can't get an erection until you do the jack-in-the-box thing, and their penis pops up. I don't know. Because, I again, I don't know too much about clown penises. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's more like a balloon animal. You know, maybe they can you know, inflate it like a balloon animal and then they turn it into a giraffe. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 in my head, I just, I, I can't not imagine it being festively painted like their face. So I, I can't imagine it not being, um, you know, so what, 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 what would, uh, sex with a clown be like? Would it be festive? I, I imagine the, the positions would be you know, really out there, uh, maybe taking place on top of a unicycle. I don't know. Like maybe, uh, the, you know, maybe the female clown would ride you on to ride you gentlemen on top of a unicycle. Maybe ladies, you would have to ride the fee- the male clown on top while he's riding a unicycle. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know for certain. Um, but, uh, or, or do they need circus music to like, you know, get them in the, mo- in, in, in the, uh, mood? Like, you know, do you get f- brightly colored flashing lights in your bedroom and then just like, like that whole performance thing for the, um, you know, for the clown having sex with you. I, I, I do not know. I do not know the answers to this, but you know, I, these are the things that I wonder, um, about it. Like, do, do, does a male clown ejaculate confetti and streamers, you know, or. Um, you know, and 
what would it like? What would it be like to become pregnant, impregnated by a clown? You know, uh, women, think about this. Do you now have the growing seed of a clown baby in in your womb? And and what is that like? What what is a clown baby? Do you give birth to just a regular baby, or does it come out and it's already a clown and it's just <laughs> just like like ten adult clowns just climb out of your vagina like the clown car? You know, the tiny car they come out in, and then there's like ten clowns. Do you just pop out like fucking like? Maybe not adult clowns, but like, you know, do you just birth out like fucking like 50 infants who are already clowns out of your vagina? And it's just like, and they just do tumbles and come like tumbling out through uh, through a hoop that the doctor, who's also a clown, is now holding in front of your vagina. And they just pop out of there already in clown makeup and little clown outfits. Um, you know, is that what giving birth to clown babies is like? Is that what clown babies are? You know, and, and during your uh, nine month pregnancy of being pregnant with a, with a clown baby. What, what's it like? Is there a circus in your womb and only they're invited? I, I don't know. Um, you know, and, and gentlemen, what, what do you think it would be like getting a clown, a female clown pregnant? You know, um, first off, let's, let's talk about female clowns in general. Do, do they have inflatable boobs? You know, I imagine that, um, I imagine again, that their, their boobs are, are painted like the, um, like the male clown's penises. I, I, it just, in my head, it's, they're painted. Um, you know, I don't know why it's just the way it is. Um, you know, or, and as I said, does about the male clown, can he tie his dick into a, uh, into like a balloon animal, like a giraffe? Do, does a female clown tie your dick into, into a giraffe? You know, and if, if so, um, you know, is that what she, is that what she needs to get her off? Is that like the, the big issue, like, oh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to this, but what I've got to do is I've got to tie your dick into the shape of a uh, giraffe or into the shape of a, uh, you know, a, a dog before we get it on. And, you know, how does that work? Um, you know, and for female clowns, like I said, whenever a male clown ejaculates, do they, do they, uh, do they um, come Whenever they come, does it shoot out confetti and streamers? What about a uh, orgasm for a female clown? Does it make like a honking sound? And if so, is it a honk or is it a bell? Yeah, I imagine it'd be like a honk, like you know the honk, like the honk of a clown's nose, like. Mah, mah. Um, <clears throat> or is that what grabbing their boobs is like? I don't know. And it, it, gentlemen, if you impregnate a girl clown, how long is their pregnancy? Does their belly just balloon out immediately? Um, you know, because they're a clown or, or, you know, do they lay an egg of some sort or do, or again, do clown babies just get fired out of their vagina? Like, like a cannon, like, you know, the trapeze artists at the circus, do they just shoot a clown baby out of their uh, vagina? Like a cannon. These are the things I think about. These are the things I need to know. And, um, you know, so we're, I, I think that as a, uh, as a collective as a collective group of mentally irregular uh, men and women who uh, have found and enjoy this podcast, we, we can find the answers together. You know, I, these are answers that only one has achieved, but together I know we can discover the secrets. Um, Unlimited power! Oh shit, you know what I just thought of? What if two clowns fucked each other? What if a male clown and a female clown had sex together? What would that be like? Would it be like, um, 
like just a like a circus performance like you know i just am like in my head in my head this of course takes takes place in 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 a uh, big top of course um and you know it's just like you know the music of course is like that's got to be playing the whole time you know there's probably backflips and tumbles and you know hilarious uh hilarious um slapstick gags involved um you know that's it, like that that has got to be amazing or what about you know again with the clowns coming out of the clown car what what would it, you know would it be a clown orgy what's a clown orgy like holy shit you know what i i think i think i've got a i i'm not sure if there are clown orgies and you know i'm i, I everyone that knows me knows that i'm a little uh to say perverse when it comes to things but um you know, I, I, I don't, I, for, for, for non-sexual reasons whatsoever, I think I would have to attend a clown orgy, just like, you know, like a, a, as a witness, like it wouldn't be like any type of like voyeurism or anything like that. Like I wouldn't be getting off on it. I would just kind of be, I'd be, I'd be more like, you know, intrigued just to see how that goes down. You know, what would a clown orgy be like? We, I, I, I think we should. Okay. So when COVID-19 and this quarantine shit is all over, and life gets back to as normal as I guess it can. I, I think that there needs to be a clown orgy, and uh, we should, we collectively, as the EOS army, should somehow track down a clown orgy and attend, just for um, you know educational purposes. Again, we 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 just got to know what the fuck that's like. You know, will there be trapeze artists involved, or you know? what, what, what goes on at a fucking clown orgy? Um, cause it's confetti and streamers everywhere. You know, do, do the lady clowns lay down and they have like a little, um, oh, what's that called? You know, like the curtain, the curtain that you go through to get into the big top or that opens up before the fucking, um, you know, clowns come out. Does, do they have a curtain set up in front of their vaginas and they just open the, the curtain whenever they're ready to fuck? I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that I, no, I know that I need to know the answers to that. So if there is such a thing as a clown orgy, um, you know, definitely reach out to me, get me in touch with that. Cause I've, I've got to find out about that. You know, I, I, I definitely would have to I find out what goes on there. Um, yeah, holy shit. Clown orgy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Hmm. God damn. So yeah, I mean, seriously, think about it clown a clown orgy like you know you get the like a bunch of different types of clowns maybe like maybe there's you know like no mimes i don't think anybody would want any mimes there you know mimes are the mimes are the red-headed stepchildren of clowns you know they're 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 the clowns that no nobody likes like oh uh what do, what do you do for a profession well i'm a clown I'm a professional clown. Oh, that that's cool. What do what do you do? Like uh, balloon animals and party tricks? No, no, I'm a mime. Oh, well, so you're not not really a clown then. You're just an annoyance. Uh, you know, I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm more of just an annoyance than than an actual clown. But I do wear face paint. Yeah. Well, you know what? So do so do uh, some professional wrestlers, and they're not clowns. Uh, you know, so 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 kids get their face painted, and they they're not clowns. They're just children. And, you know, I'd rather be around a group of kids who have their face painted than a, uh, 
group of mimes. And that's not a pedophile thing. That's not, you know, again, that's just a fucking, you know, that would be a, just a preference. I, matter of fact, if there is a collection of mimes in one area, can we just fire burn that area? Just firebomb the, the, the mimes and get rid of them? You know? Um, that That's stuck in a box routine. I don't care how well they perform it. That's irritating. Anyway, clown orgy. Yes. So, you know, we need to have a clown orgy set up just for our own educational purposes. You know, and what, what would that be like? I need to know. Um, do we have to rent a, an amphitheater? Do they rent an amphitheater? Do they set it up again like a circus, like a circus performance? I, I imagine they'd need the space. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that, folks, is sex with a clown. And the fucked up things I think about. So, um, who's glad they know me after hearing all this so far? Who's glad that they're like, you know what? I'm glad I know Chad. I'm glad I know Chad Suett. He's a regular individual that I'm proud to say is my friend. Probably no one anymore. Yeah, I don't blame you. But, um, yeah, let's see what else we've got. What else is going on here? Okay. So, the last thing I want to talk about in this episode is a movie I stumbled upon, um, well, the, the truth is I, I, I seen it one time years ago, um, and then I've been looking for it ever since. Uh, let, me, let me explain. Years and years ago, uh, before me and Ash lived together, and she was still living uh, with her mom, uh, her mom's boyfriend, Jeff, brought over a bunch of VHS movies. No, none of them were pornos that I know of. Um, but what one of them was, was a VHS movie called 1990 Bronx Warriors. And what that was is it's an Italian film from uh, 1983. And um, about like gangs living in the, the Bronx. And it was supposed to be 1990. And I guess in 1990, a mega corporation owns the world. And the Bronx is a fucking like almost post-apocalyptic hell that's run by these gangs. Um... It, 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 it's, well, I'm going to tell you about it. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm over there and, uh, Ash is at work and I'm there waiting for her to come home from work. And Jeff is like, Hey man, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, yeah, sure. So he pops in Bronx war, 1990 Bronx warriors. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was his go-to choice. He just grabbed it that quick. He was just like, okay, let's see movies. Got it. And he grabs fucking 1990 Bronx Warriors. First off, how is that anybody's go-to? I don't know if anybody else out there but me has seen this movie. Um, but it, I can tell you straight off that it should not be your go-to. That is not the movie that whenever you're like, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to relax and watch a uh, classic piece of cinema. You know what? I'm going to watch 1990 Bronx Warriors. That's, that's not the film. That's not the one that you go to. So, anyway, he grabs that and puts it in. And I am captivated by the utter shittiness of this movie. Like, it, it, it's one of those films that once you start watching it, you get really sucked into it because of how bad it is. It's so bad it's good, almost. And, um, you know, I, so it's, it's one of those movies. 
So, you know, and there, there's a, a bunch of characters. Like, the lead character is, like, this leader of a motorcycle gang. His name is Trash. And I'm saying that again. It's Trash. T-R-A-S-H. That's the only name he's known by throughout the whole film. He doesn't say, oh, well, you know, my, my real name is uh, Andrew or anything like that. It's just, nope, he's just Trash. Everyone knows him as Trash. People call him Trash. Trash is the name they say lovingly to him. His name is Trash. They call him Trash in the same way that you would call your own child, like, you know, buddy or pal, or a friend, uh, buddy, or, you know, a loved one, honey, honey, or something like that. It's just, hey, Trash, and he's just like, hey, you know, and he tries to play it cool. Like, the character, the the actor that played him, whose name, I, I honestly, I don't know, um, tried to play him as if, like, he's like that you know, reserved, kind of cool, stand-back-in-the-corner James Dean type, you know, not much to say. But he just came off playing it like, you know, like, the, you know that dude in the group or at the party who's just standing there, and they kind of look lost, like they don't really know if they belong, and nobody else in the group really knows how they be if they belong, and you kind of forget how they became a member of your crew in the first place, and... You're just like, I don't fucking know where this person... I don't know where, 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 where Ben over there came from. I don't know how we got to be friends with Ben. He just kind of showed up one day. That, that, that's trash. That's, that's how his character is. So, the plot of the movie goes as follows. Like I said, it's 1990. Uh, some mega corporation owns the world. They're greedy. They're evil. They're, the, they're that, that evil corporation. Uh, so, the... the um, a girl named Anne runs away. Now, according to the story and the what they say, they say she's 17, but the actress playing her is clearly like 33 or, you know, between 30 and 35. But they say she's 17. And she runs away from home because when she turns 18, she's going to inherit this evil company. And, um, you know, rather than do so and make make changes for the better... She just, she just runs away. She wants nothing to do with it. So, you know, she runs to the Bronx, which is, like I said, like, you know, it's like a wasteland and nobody goes to the Bronx. The Bronx is run by, by roving gangs. There's multiple gangs that, you know, each has their own little s section of the Bronx. And they're all overseen by, like, this one major gang who's, who's led by this guy named the Ogre. And the Ogre, I don't know the actor's name again, but he's, he's, the Ogre is played by, have you ever seen From Dusk Till Dawn? You know that black guy in the bar that they meet up with, uh, George Clooney and then meet up with, a, there's, they meet up with uh, Sex Machine, who's Tom Savini, and he has the, the crotch gun. And then there's that, there's that older black gentleman who's on the cigar, who's smoking the cigar, and he talks about, you know, being a nom, and he tells his Vietnam story before vampires get him. That guy. He plays the ogre, and he's like the king of the Bronx. And so... You know, Anne runs, runs away and she runs to the Bronx, where she is immediately somehow met by trash. And, uh-oh, they fall in love because she's 17 and trash is 18. And he's been living in the Bronx his whole life. Um, so, you know, the company, the corporation that rules, that runs everything, they want Anne back because she's going to be, you know, she's going to be their figurehead. She's going to be the one that owns the company. They want to get her back ASAP. And they know she went to the Bronx. So they send in a man named Hammer. It's the only name he's ever known by throughout the film. Now, he, Hammer was actually played by the actor Vic Morrow. And uh, 
For those of you that don't know, Vic Morrow was a uh, classic old school actor. He was in like a bunch of those war and uh, Western TV shows from the 50s and 60s. Um, you know, Vic, Vic Morrow actually is probably most well remembered, unfortunately, for being tragically killed in a uh, accident on the set of filming the movie The Twilight Zone, uh, which actually was released the same year as um, 1990 Bronx Warriors. He had filmed that entire role first. That was his last role before the Twilight Zone segment. Um, and Vic Morrow, um, he and two Vietnamese children were killed a, when a helicopter actually crashed onto them while filming that, that, that segment of the Twilight Zone. Um, according to everything I've read and shit like that, he, he was beheaded instantly. And then the, uh, the two children were crushed by the um, helicopter blades. So, I mean, it was very tragic and uh, sudden and unexpected. And John Landis actually was directing that part of the movie. John Landis uh, directed Three Amigos, uh, Coming to America, American Werewolf in London. You know, all these classic films. He was directing that uh, segment of the Twilight Zone movie with Vic Morrow and... Um, you know, they set off these pyro. There was a scene in there. He was he was supposed he he played the segment he was in. He played a racist who was, you know, the Twilight Zone transported him uh, into the shoes of you know first he's a black guy in you know having to outrun the Klan, and then he is a uh, Jew having to outrun Nazis, and then he's a uh, Viet Cong or Vietnamese person having to outrun U.S. soldiers. And uh, so during that Vietnam uh, segment, one of the helicopters, there was an accident, helicopter crash, uh, killed Vic Morrow and two Vietnamese children. Cut, cut, his, cut his head clean off, crushed, crushed them uh, all to death. He, you know, very tragic, very, very fucking tragic. Very unexpected and tragic end for this actor. But the, anyway, going back to it, the movie he made right before this was uh, 1990 Bronx Warriors, where he played Hammer. Now, Hammer works for the corporation, but he's like, you know, he's not their go-to guy. He's a guy they call on when they need, like, a dirty job done. Because Hammer, he used to, he grew up in the Bronx, and he got out. And so, you know, they send in Hammer to, to get Ann, uh, to get the girl, to get Ann away from trash and bring her back to the corporation. So, you know, um, you know, so then, then all these other gangs find out about who the girl is. And so they try to kill Trash and get the girl and try to use her as some sort of leverage to get, I guess, more power in the Bronx or out of the Bronx or something. I don't, I don't know. It's never fully explained. And again, Trash is acting pretty much aloof to all this, all this time. Um, he's just like, hmm, yeah, that's what it's like in the Bronx. Hmm. You know, like I said, he's, he's just, a, he's more or less just aloof the whole time. Now, before I get into any more of the movie, if you if you look this up, if you IMDB this, they're going to show you the cover art, the the theatrical poster, which makes it look like Trash is like some Native American Indian biker screaming, leading like this fucking awesome charge against this evil corporation. In the movie, none of that comes across. He doesn't come across that way at all. And he runs, like I said, he runs his own gang. And so, like, his gang fights against these other gangs. While, meanwhile, Hammer's, like, making his way in to the Bronx. And uh, one of, one, a member of Trash's gang uh, who wears, uh, I can't remember that guy's name, but he wears uh, glasses and a fucking, like, military, like, Nazi-style coat, kind of, like, signaling him out from the rest of the gang who wear, like, these leather, leather vests. 
to show that he's, you know, maybe he doesn't quite fit in. And maybe he's more of like, you know, he's clearly like the, the bad guy of their group. And, um, you know, again, Trash acts like he couldn't care less. This guy betrays them and teams up with Hammer. And then, you know, so they, they make a deal with the ogre, like the king of the Bronx, the ogre, to, you know, protect Anne, protect the girl, and make their last fight against the company and show them, you know, you don't mess with the, you just don't walk into the Bronx and mess with people from the Bronx. And, um, you know, so Hammer finds them there, and then he just kills everybody. He just brings in, like, a fucking company-owned corporate SWAT team. He, he, he's dressed like a member of the fucking... Uh, of the village people, he's got like this full leather outfit and like leather hat, biker hat on, and everything like that. And he stands in top of like the like their um their broken down like fucking underground hideout, right? And he stands over top of like a hole that they have in the top of the hideout. And keep in mind, this hole was there to begin with. Hammer and his goons didn't blow a hole in the building to to make their entrance. They just used a pre-existing hole, and um. Kind of like I do with your mom. Uh, but, um, <laughs> so, uh, he, you know, they, they use a pre-existing hole just to get in. Hammer stands up there atop this hole, and he's laughing and watching this massacre as these gangs, you know, fight for survival against these, like, corporate SWAT team members uh, that have flamethrowers and, you know, uh, machine guns and shit. And he's just like, ah, ah! And the thing that stuck out to me and why I had to film the, find this movie again is because... It was just Vic Mora standing there, like, terrible, terribly laughing and just going, Ha! Hammer! And screaming his own name, his character's name of Hammer, mid-laugh. And, uh, you know, so, you know, one of the, one of the SWAT agents gets the, gets the drop on Trash and is going to murder him. And so Anne sacrifices herself. And uh, they, they, you know, jumps in front of Trash, takes the bullet for him. And then in instead of continuing to shoot Trash now and kill him, the, the you know, the SWAT guy just runs off to uh, kill other people while Anne tragically dies in Trash's arms. And again, Trash's whole reaction to this is uh, one that's just very aloof. Very just like, oh, she's gone. And so he picks up a spear gun and... Uh, which I don't know where the fucking spear gun came from. I, I you know, I'd have, I have to rewatch the film and detail exactly where the spear gun came from. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, I forgot to mention the ogre is fucking like black kung fu, 70s kung fu, black fighting all these fucking SWAT people and taking them out. And like, you know, he gets, he eventually gets gunned down, but he dies in like, you know, a cool fucking way where he like crawls his way back over to his throne because he had a throne and he like dies sitting in his throne. He's king of the Bronx, and he dies that way. And, um, you know, so, anyway, back over to Trash. He's very aloof. He find, you know, Anne dies in his um, arms. He just loses his love. He's very aloof to all this. So he finds a fucking spear gun uh, amongst all this chaos, I guess. And, and you know, Hammer is up entire, up up on top of the, the, the roof, looking down through the hole. Ha <laughs> ha! Hammer! I'm Hammer! And, you know, not paying attention to what the fuck everybody else is doing at him. And so Trash takes the spear gun. He shoots Hammer through the hole. And uh, Hammer gets speared through the chest and he dies. And so the movie ends with Trash tying the, the rope from the spear gun to the back of his motorcycle and dragging Hammer's body out, out of the building into the Bronx. The end. Um, so that's, that's basically the whole plot of the movie. Now... 
I've, I did find this movie again. It was, weirdly enough, it was on On Demand, Comcast On Demand. I'm just like, holy shit. And then I watched it, and it turned out to be exactly the movie that, you know, I'd watched years ago with Jeff. And I'm just like, oh my fucking God, I found it. And I explained, as I just explained to all of you, to Ash what it was and why I was watching it. And she's like, oh, that's... Why, why would he pick this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why he picked this. But that's, again, that's the movie Jeff picked. That was his go-to. He was just like, what are we going to watch? You want to watch a movie? I'm like, yeah, I'll watch a movie. He's like, what do you want to watch? Let's say, got it, 1990, Bronx Warriors. And, you know, so we had that same discussion about it. We don't know why that was his go-to film or why he picked that. But, um, you know, so I've watched this movie uh, three times now. And I still am not entirely certain what this film is about. Like, you know, like, I, I get the gist. Like, the you know, the, there's that classic movie, The Warriors, about that gang, The Warriors, who, uh, you know, uh, try to make it back home after they're framed for killing the, uh, the leader of all the gangs who wants peace between the gangs in New York. And so, you know, like, I get that movie, like, and I liked that movie. I mean, it wasn't the best thing I'd ever seen, but I liked it. And, um, you know, so I get that this is kind of like an Italian version oh yeah i forgot to mention this film's italian it's all it's it's filmed in the bronx and it's all in english but it was made by um italian like spaghetti western directors um and uh, it's kind of like a ripoff of that of the warriors in that sense so i i get kind of like where the filmmaker was coming from but i still don't understand what the point of this movie is because I, i'm going to tell you that before trash kills hammer with the random spear gun and you know when whenever they shoot Anne. And they kill her. And he acts very aloof to it. Their whole goal was to go in there and bring her back alive. At no point upon shooting her does anybody go, oh, fuck. Fuck, we killed the rock. We killed the girl. What do we fucking do now? No. They just keep massacring gang members. And, um, you know, so, I, like... You know, I, I it, that left me kind of bewildered. I'm kind of like, wait, doesn't Hammer or anybody realize like they just fucked up? You know, their 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 goal here. They 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 wrecked their agenda. Um, you know, so uh, it, it escapes my logic how they're just like, you know, ah, they killed the girl. The whole fucking reason we're here, Hammer. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, you know, I don't I don't get that. It escapes my fucking logic. Um, and more amazing than this fucking just terrible, terrible film that all of you, again, can watch if you have Comcast cable on demand, is that it, it got a sequel. There's a sequel to this that was filmed the same year by the same director and starring most of the same cast, even though most of them, most of their characters were killed in the first movie. Unfortunately, Vic Morrow wasn't... A, able to reprise a new character because, again, he, you know, was killed uh, filming the Twilight Zone movie. But, um, you know, it, it has a sequel, which I have yet to watch, and I plan on watching, and the sequel is called 2000 Escape from the Bronx. It takes place ten years later and, again, follows Trash trying to escape from the Bronx, and I, I've got to watch that and see, uh, you know, what, what happens next in the the amazing life and times of motorcycle gang leader from the Bronx, Trash. Um, because it's a compelling story. It, it, it's a compelling story that I need to know the ending to. Um, 
but yeah, this 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 terrible movie is available on uh, on demand if you have that through Comcast. Uh, I, I recommend watching it. Uh, Vic Morrow's performance up until the end, where he's just laughing and yelling "hammer," um, is actually really good. Um, so are most of the other performances. Matter of fact, the only two characters in the film whose performances were really, really like noticeably shitty were uh, the main characters, Trash and Anne. Um, and like I said, Anne is supposed to be 17, uh, about to turn 18, but she's clearly played by a, by a woman who's, like I said, 30 to 35. Uh, Trash, it's kind of hard to determine his age. Like, if you look at the actor who plays Trash's face, he's maybe 12. But if you look at his body, he's maybe 13. But his character's supposed to be, like, 22. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, so, th- this got me into, like, thinking about, like, these in- these Italian movies that have English dialogue. You know, they're, you know, why are these being made? You know, I don't understand it. There's, there's a lot of fucking weird fucking, like, foreign films out there that have, like, um, you know, in- but they're, they're in English, like, you know, with English cast and English actors and stuff like that, but they're, you know, they're considered Italian films because they're filmed in Italy with Italian, um, directors and stuff. Now, keep in mind, this one was filmed almost entirely in the Bronx. Only the scenes in, in of the interior at the end, during the end, uh, fight against Hammer! Swear to me! <laughs> <laughs> Hit it again. Uh, against Hammer, we're filmed in Italy. Um, but, uh, you know, like, there's a bunch of these movies. Like, there's a bunch of horror movies out there. Um, like this, like, you know, and they, like, their Italian mo- names are almost impronounceable and have nothing to do with what their American release names were. And the American release names are like, Don't Go In There, or Look Out. And, you know, if you watch the American trailer for trailers for these horror movies, which I highly recommend doing on YouTube, you, you can go down that rabbit hole and it's just an entertaining time. It'll show like, you know, like Donald Sutherland will, um, will like, you know, in the 70s, will like wide eyed look, a, look into a dark room and like the camera will zoom up on his face and you'll just hear like that sound and then like a voice, like it'll just like the screen will go black and you just hear a voice saying, look out. And then it's like, look out, radio. And, you know, it's just like, because everything back then was rated PG, was rated PG. Um, you know, so it was just like, you know, look out or, or don't go in there or stuff like that. You know, like you can watch all of these movie trailers online and they're, they are fucking hysterical to watch. But, you know, actually, if you, you might stumble upon a good movie here or there, if, uh, you know, that's something to do. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of coming out of the quarantine, out of the lockdown, but, you know, there's still really not that much to do. So what, what, what else are you going to do with your time? Uh, besides hopefully listen to this podcast and um, you know so I recommend you know why don't you watch 1990 the Bronx Warriors again go to the EOS group page through our Facebook page uh, and let me know what you thought about 1990 the Bronx Warriors did you enjoy it uh, were you in as enthralled as I was by Hammer and uh, him just you know or, or Trash's uh, utter aloofness to literally violent acts happening before him and I'm not talking like aloof like you just like, you know, some of the ultra violence that you got in uh, Clockwork Orange, like the way, um, you know, uh, Malcolm McDowell's character, Alex, wasn't, uh, you know, phased by it. I'm talking like aloof, like standing over on the corner, blank faced as shit's happening. And he's just like, oh. you know, like that kind of aloof. 
Um, tell me what you thought about that. Tell me what you thought about the ogre. Um, and definitely tell me what you thought about Hammer! So, um, yeah, I think that is going to do it for this episode. Um, I thank you for listening. I'd like you to, of course, take a moment to, uh, take the time, rather, to check out a fireside chat hosted by uh, my very good friend, Ryan McCormick, uh, who, again, I I affectionately refer to as Grimace. Um, Also, check out Sauce, hosted by Ian, Paul, and Matt. Uh, That's Sauce, the comic book podcast. Uh, Check out Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case. Oh, look at that. I got it right this this week. Um, You know, and uh, check out, of course, Lunch After Dark, hosted by Cody and Mark. Um, in order, that's Fireside Chat on Libsyn, McSauce on Podomatic, um, Case in Point on Audio Boom, and uh, Lunch After Dark on Podbean. Check all of those out. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, you know, hang in there through the quarantine. We're all going to get through this, I guess, eventually. And uh, cue the fucking bear music. Just a fool, a fool driven to dust and